Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. Oh, let me restart that. I know it's screwed. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. Italy's getting to you, buddy. <laughs> it is. They are. Well, we're a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Stephen Sam. How's it going, hockey fans? We're back, hockey fans. <laughs> We, we are, and we don't claim to be hockey experts, clearly, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we're going to welcome back special guest, goaltender for the 2022-2023 USPHL Premier Northwest Division Champion, Vernal Oilers, Antonio Tarantino. Tino, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you, hockey fans. I am back once again, so thank you. And I know you listeners are probably going these back. Well, for, for us, he is. This is the second time we're recording with him. But for you guys, you're only listening to the first episode. So be sure to listen out for the episode that's all about Tarantino, which will probably drop on Sunday. So give that one a listen. But we wanted to drop this quick episode because the NHL playoffs are fast and fleeting. And we have thoughts. All of us have thoughts. And those thoughts need to be dropped immediately. Uh, but first, Steve, but first <laughs> Tino, who are your picks? Who are you picking to come out of the first oh, yeah, round? Tino. Oh, let's see. I see. I definitely <laughs> see. I, I I wish I wish game one didn't go by because I had Leafs in seven. But I mean, the way it's looking right now, they. I mean, they had the rough first game, but I definitely have Boston moving on. Uh, I think I picked. I think I picked Dallas to go. Uh, I had Colorado. Um. Just put your uh, put your bracket inside the pigeon hockey bracket. That way we can see it. <laughs> Let's see. How did do you do I, the bracket challenge? Can we do? Hey, hey so, um, I, Sam, you're the one I that did. established it. Yeah, I well, did, I, but I didn't. I can't remember it. That's all right. So I yeah. definitely have Boston going for a run, though. Yeah, Sam, you know, I picked like, them to win the, the cup. You know what's interesting about Boston, though, is one game. I, so go ahead, Sam. Sorry. No, I was going to say one game, you know, it's obviously like it's easy for us to obviously want to overreact and some of it like justified. But some of it's like, hey, Dallas could easily still move on. It wouldn't be surprising if Colorado did. Like there's a yeah. lot of stuff that could happen. But like with all the road teams that have been winning so far, it's just it's been nutty. Like it's been very unexpected, I feel like. No, so, I like, agree with that. No, the thing, <laughs> though, is, you know, me, I'm going to watch a ton of this stuff. Right. The Panthers-Bruins game, okay, there was three quirky goals scored in total, right? Like, the Panthers' goal was a giveaway, like a bad one by Orlov, just trying to backhand it, I think, over to his skate or deflect it up the boards and right in a slot to Kachuk, who buried it. But then you're talking about the goal that was sitting on top of the pad, you know? And then Oh, that was, was another, so weird. <laughs> yeah, but there, they had another so one like that, bad. too, where you're like, oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's not like it was a dominating performance. I watched it. Florida was out hitting them and they're taking it to them. Like that's going to be a bloodbath of a series. And I uh, just so you know, you know, I pick the Panthers to come out on top because they're just playing invigorated right now. The Bergeron's out again for this game. Uh, they say it's an injury, not an illness. Um, I think there's probably a little COVID cover up coming on here. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> Um, but that's a fascinating series. Like the Panthers did outshoot them. And, uh, you know, it's tonight. Tonight's game to me is going to be the big one. Right. Because if Boston gets this one, man, it's a lot tougher to come out. But if the Panthers can pull this one out, they've got a series. Um, yeah. The wild- and, you know, 
Sorry, and you know what people people always say and talking about playoff hockey in general, anything can happen. And I feel like Florida's a team that they can be they could be really high and then they could be really low at times in the season. So they're kind of up and down, but they I mean talking about their goalie, I think Lion, Lion's yeah. how you say it. Yeah. He kind of just yeah. came out of nowhere. So oh, I think and he, he's getting the start for game two. He's getting the start. Yeah. And yeah. So like it's I can definitely see it happening. I, I just went with I think most people are going with Boston to win just because that's the obvious choice right now. Oh, they're but such a stacked team. Like you can't you can't deny the talent on that team right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely not out of the realms of possibility, though. I could I could definitely see it if line goes on a run and he gets some goal support from from the guys. So it, it could definitely happen. Well, Lyon had a shaky start against, I think it was my Montreal Canadiens about a month ago. And then they kept him in, and then he played solid the rest of the game. So two goals, like the, definitely the Marchand one off the glove that went in, he's going to get that most of the time, right? I think he just wasn't mentally there, right? He wasn't ready for that shot. It wasn't expected. So I think he's going to be ready for that now. Um, but now on to another team, this, the Wild and the Stars. The Stars way outplayed them, in my opinion. Like, the overtime was just brutal. But I was watching, and I had to catch out and go to bed. It was getting late, two overtime games on the first night. Like, what were they thinking? But, you know, I was watching the Stars dominate in in overtime, and I just went, <laughs> you know, it's going to be the wild the way this is going. They're just not going to be able to get one tonight. So that's another, you know, it's another series. And then, of course, the Kings and the Oilers, right? Um I watched that. As soon as L.A. was awarded the power play in overtime, I just shut it down. I'm like, I don't want to watch this game. You know, now I, I said they're going to score. Um, and this is where we get back to the refing thing, guys, right? So Leafs fans right now are crying about the refs. Uh, I didn't get to watch that game yesterday, but I went back on the calls. Like anybody that's complaining about that. Did you guys see the bunting elbow? I did. So how did. how can anybody – Tino, say that that wasn't a dirty play. Like, he he came off one foot, launched a chicken wing right to his head, and he's crying to the refs about a match penalty? Like, he should get two more games, in my opinion. It was a dirty-ass play. And they're they're definitely looking at it, so he he might get suspended a game or two. But I know there, there are fans complaining about calls prior to that, but... You know, like, I I mean, that the thing with that five-minute major is they scored two goals from that five-minute major. So mm-hmm. at that point, it was four to two, four to two before he took that. You, you got to think Toronto got a goal in the third period. Like, if he doesn't take that penalty, you know, they maybe they still have something. Toronto got two power play goals in the second. You, I mean, it. They they definitely have the firepower to score two goals in a period, if not more. So, I mean, in my opinion, it was uh, I mean it was it was a stupid penalty to take, yeah. and it definitely took them out of the game because at that point, going into the third, they were down six to two, and you already have people leaving the arena. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. It's insane. It's still playoff hockey. Stick around because you just. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but so the thing, though, too, what did you think of Samsonov's performance? 
you know, I I only watched bits and pieces of the game, so I didn't get to see the full game. I mean, part of the part I was watching was that bunting hit, so that's why I was able to speak a lot from from that perspective. But I think I'm not sure because. You know, you you look and you see he he gave up six or seven goals, and you can say he played a bad game. But you know, to be fair, Tampa had eight power plays in the game, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure how many. So they scored two on the five minute. I don't know how many they scored prior to that on the power play, but you can well, you could blame some goals on him. Like, yeah. I think the sixth one at the end of the second, how it kind of just squeaked five. Well, I mean, those. Yeah, that's the one I was comes, looking at was that one. Yeah, going, yeah you got you got to get you got to get that one, you know, and to give your team a lift. But the team wasn't there for him because the very first goal of the game coming out from behind the net, Tory Perry completely untouched and he's ripping the shot, you know, purposefully to create the rebound. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's that's coming, and they did nothing. They just let Corey Perry walk right out. He'll do that all day long, or any player would. So and there um, was, there, mm-hmm. yeah. Keep going. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and that's you knew that the Lightning were going to come in and try to play a physical game and try to wear down the Leafs. So for the Leafs to have a crack of the series, like they still like as much as like the crap on them, they have great off a great offensive team. But they have to they got to stay out of the box, number one, because Tampa's going to try to lure them into a bunch of crap because that's the type of team they have. They're going to get under your skin. They're going to pester you to take those penalties. But they do need Samsonov, like the easy ones he's got to have. And he's got to come up with a few robbing saves in order to get them out of this. So I actually picked them to move on. Uh, and I don't base it on one game because how many times have we seen it in the NHL regular season where a team gets shellacked one game? And then comes out with a vengeance the next. So, yeah. so like, there's no team in this that I'm writing off at all. Because I looked at that going, well, I did not expect the Winnipeg Jets to load up 5-1 on the Vegas cheating Golden Knights. Uh, so I Stone. loved it. I That's loved it. BS Stone. Like, yeah, he miraculous recovery uh, back for game one. And I love the people chirping at me. Oh, he had back surgery. I get that. Like, I applaud the guy. From coming back from back surgery, but you guys knowingly loaded on up. You knew you were cap circumventing. You knew it the entire time. NHL, knock this bullshit off because it's so ridiculous. Either get rid of the cap in the regular season, and then we'll watch, you know, six or seven teams dominate and the league will get boring. But have a hard cap in the playoffs. Fine, let Stone come back, but ice it at the same cap that it took going into the regular season. Because other than that, it's pointless. How many teams this year do we have over the cap? I think there's at least four or five. So yeah, there's they- a bunch of teams that circumvented this year. And you're right, it just makes it like it just makes it unbalanced. If you can't if you can't win with the team you have under the salary cap, you shouldn't be allowed to field the team over the salary cap in the playoffs. Like you said, it makes it makes no sense whatsoever. It just doesn't make any sense. You, you got to so, stay. With, what, what's so hard about making the salary cap all season long? Sorry, Tino. So, so I'm I'm a little bit unfamiliar with with this, but I have heard about it. Is it you put a guy on long term IR, you you like get his cap back, or like how does well, that work? So long term IR is cut. Okay, so it's it's not so straightforward, but in a sense, it depends on how much, right? Because like the best example I can give you right now is because my team is in IR hell with Carey Price's long term knee injury, right? 
So mm-hmm. it's essentially the, the breakdown is there's only so much that counts towards, you know, that gets it off the cap. Once you're over a certain amount of money, you can still put them on injured reserve, but it counts against your cap hit. So the thing is, our, our big issue with this is because we know it, this goes back to the Detroit Red Wings pulling this crap. They were the first team to do it and load it up. Then the Blackhawks did it two years in a row, Kane, and then I think it was Hosa the next one. And then they tried to do it a third year with Hosa. And every, I think Batman's like in everybody in behind the scene calls, like, no, knock it off. You're not doing this crap again. But then Tampa, you can't blame them, but I still blame them, you know, because they're like, well, if, you know, we got hosed by this. We're going to do the same thing. So they were, what was it, 13 million or 16, whatever it was over the cap when they beat the Canadians. So, yeah, they still had a solid team, but my Canadians could have used 16 million cap injection to help them on out through the playoffs. It would have been all the teams could have. Right. So we know why the Vegas Golden Knights did it because they just watched it happen, you know, with Tampa winning a cup. So we we, we saw this like the Leafs kind of did it, too. They, they squeaked in with some sort of weird rule to get the backup goalie in because they don't have a backup right now. Right. So. It's not hard to say, like, hey, because of injuries, you can be over the cap salary-wise, you know, going into the playoffs because injuries happen. However, still ice a team at this hard cap. So if you're putting Stone in the lineup, take out whatever his contract is, seven, eight million off of other players out of the lineup, inject guys from the AHL, or you have to get creative because it's again, it's a pointless season. Now back to something on Tendy-wise. Because this was something Chris and I were debating pretty hard in Sand the last one. Shesterkin. Holy shit, what a game. <laughs> Did you guys see that pass he made? Oh, yeah. And Stretch pass to a breakaway. Oh! I did like, see there's that. There's an angle right behind him, right? You're looking up ice. Bang, bang on the stick. Oh! Total yes. sheer win on that one, boys. <laughs> but... <laughs> But that's so we were talking about because, you know, like I love the injection of youth of the Devils, right, boys? But I was just saying about the Rangers, you know, veteran, you know, veteran stepping up. And if Shesterkin, Shesterkin, which, man, he's playing like his old self right now. They're going to be so tough to beat. Um, so I know yeah, Chris I mean, he's really jumped. I mean, no, like I don't get to watch a lot of it. I have to watch highlights. But um, no, I mean, watching that highlights of the first game, Shesterkin looked like last season's just and yeah. when i saw that i'm like if he keeps playing like that my pick of the devils looks really really bad and uh, well, i know they got a lot of veteran presence on on the rangers and you know guys who've won cups um because what tarasenko kane a lot of those guys have won cups so wait anybody else on the rangers won a cup oh god yeah there's more on that team that's one cup. So we just have to go back. I'd have to pull up the whole. Okay, roster. I'm looking at the roster. Yeah, I'm going to look at the roster. But yeah, continue what you were saying. I'm going to look at the elite prospects. No, it's so. But that's that's the thing, right? So the doubles, in my opinion, they need more. They're such a fast-paced team. So goaltending-wise, I'm just not sure they've got the keeper to push over Shosturkin. But the other thing is, it's that the big bodies that they need. Like, it's great having all that uh, offensive firepower, but we know how it goes in the playoffs, right? It's a, it's the worst grind in all professional sports, trying to win the Stanley Cup. And those smaller body guys are going to get worn down. So in the offseason, if they get eliminated early, they've got to go after. Like, a perfect guy to try to pick up is off the Montreal Canadiens to Josh Anderson. Go get a bigger-bodied guy that can get in there, grind it up a bit, and protect some of your other players, right, while creating an offensive presence. They they need a little bit more size, in my opinion. 
Um, But you know what was fascinating, too? The the Kraken. Who was giving the Kraken a chance to even win one game? I wasn't. Wait, no. What did I say? I know that I had Tampa being swept, so I'm already wrong there. And I had – who did I have being swept in the West? Nobody remembers? I don't remember. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I, I know L.A. I had L.A. being swept in, so I'm wrong again. So, you know, <laughs> I'm looking brilliant so far. Not going to lie. Well, but again, though, Chris, like if you're watching. So the thing is, like, remember, you'll make a comment like you just don't see anything special in the Carolina Hurricanes, right? It's because yes, you're not I getting don't. to watch them play. And I watched them play. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't think you're right on that one. They do have a really potent offensive team with a defense that just get engaged really early on right the la yeah. kings if you ask anybody in the east coast about uh Kempe, right most p- people aren't even going to acknowledge that they even know who he is he two big goals in that game two really big goals and he's always a threat so that's the thing about the kings and then you know they made the comment uh kopitar is a 100 sh- percent a hall of famer you know, he it, like I, I laughed at this comparison, like somebody had the audacity to say he's the P- Patrice Bergeron of the uh, of the West. Like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> he's 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 won a couple of cups. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of an insult to the guy who, you know, who has been dominating that position. I agree they have the same style of play, but that's taken a lot away from Kopitar. He's one hell of a centerman. And kudos to like, because I think there was about three or four years ago, we we're possibly talking about trading him. Yeah, they were smart to hang on to him because he's still performing at such a high level. So um, like that was no shock to me that they could come back. However, um, talking about the big boys that were kept off the board, you can only keep McDavid off for so long. You know, he just needs a split second. And he'll find it. Dreisaitl had a big game. Uh, they just didn't close it down. Like giving up that goal with 16 seconds left to go, that's your heartbreaker. But it's not the devastating end of the world, right? It's not a huge shelling. So my thoughts coming out of this were, nah, I didn't expect 5-1 Jets. That was the shocker to me. 7-3 Leafs. I thought the Avalanche would have taken game one. I, I, I expected the Rangers-Devils game to be a little bit closer. But the rest, I'm like, yeah, kind of how I figured how it was going to go. What are your thoughts on that, Sam? Yeah, I mean, just all these upsets have just been kind of wild. But I think, I mean, it's kind of typical. Like, I know that it's just one game, but it's kind of typical Edmonton fashion of, you know, finding a way to lose a game that they should win. Um, yeah. But I just think, like, a lot of these, a lot of these series are probably going to be a lot closer than we expected. You know, we, when we had our, our picks before the playoffs started that like, you know, we all had the same picks in the West and, you know, we all, we differed a little bit in the East, but we, we certainly felt like, you know, things were going to be kind of like one-sided maybe. And it just, it just feels like things are way closer than we expected across the board. And I mean, personally, I just think that like, you know, you mentioned Kempe and, and I mean, it helps that I played fantasy hockey, but like I, I followed him this season and he had an unbelievable regular season. So it's not really that surprising to see him show up in the playoffs like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I agree with that. It's And that's the thing, though, is like so my, you know, with the job that I work, I work late hours and there's always a hockey game going on in the background. Right. 
Uh, so for Tino, so, you know, like half my problem, though, with the try to catch up with your guys games in in your leagues is the times that they're played. Right. So, you know, a Friday night, it's not a typical hockey night for me because um, I'm doing the family thing. And then Saturdays and Sundays, I'm a soccer dad. Um, but, uh, you know, watching all the hockey, I'm lucky that I get to do this is like you're exposed to so many different, you know, players right and and you know watching like i like it that i'm more well-rounded because again like my like a lot of hockey fans will drive me nuts like a lot of the montreal canadians fans that don't see outside their team i'm like come on guys like there's a lot of great players out in the league go go take a look right um and you know again like the west it's kind of funny like it's like the eastern conference people just don't bother looking at the west and sort of vice versa at times you're sort of stuck in your own little bubble um but uh, the most boring game to me was the Hurricanes-Islanders game. Uh, that was Islanders just trying to do shutdown, you know, hockey type of thing, right? And sort of trying to counterpunch it in. Like, that's to me, is going to be the sleeper of all these. Um, but all the other games were fun. Like, uh, a lot of fun. Like, I was watching the Jets last night. And then what's interesting there, because the Golden Knights have been through so many goalies, was the first two goals coming off the left wing in different spots, one glove hand, one blocker side. Uh, and they almost looked like replicas. I went, hold on, am I starting to watch a replay here? But then I saw the placement of the shot. I'm like, no, just two shots coming off that same side wing. It, it was it was, it was, was interesting. And then the Jets do, like the one thing the Jets do have is a pretty big team. So they're not going to be intimidated. Um, and then when's the last time Mark Stone played everybody? Was it back in February or was it earlier that he stopped? Probably earlier, right? I mean, it's got to be a long time ago at this point. I, I don't really remember seeing him recently, but I haven't really been following the Knights that closely other than their goaltending situation. Yeah, yeah. So I just he's been out for a while. So even though he's you know, a, a really good hockey player, that amount of time off, like coming into a playoff is, is really tough. So, um, so yeah, um, again, uh, the, the games I'm focusing on, I want to watch the Rangers doubles, uh, lightning leaps. I'm really looking forward to the, uh, Bruins and Panthers tonight. Um, and also the Oilers kings because that that Warriors kings game was a fun game to watch too the back and forth and it just shows you you know again with uh like how deep these teams are you know when you have a three nothing lead it's it's not safe you've got to keep pouring it on and there were some near misses where edmonton could have buried it but they they absolutely need their secondary scoring to kick in like a hundred percent i think that's going to be the difference in this um also west coast wise arvison for the for the Kings was looking really strong. Like he was creating a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, those, that's my two cents right now. Anybody else got something to chime in here on? I want to interject real quick. Um, talking about, uh, you know, obviously hockey, but um, right now, if you want to get your, uh, your hockey palette ready for, um, I guess you listeners, it depends on how quickly you're listening to this, but for you boys right now, but when we hang up, uh, currently uh, they're in the first intermission of the uh, Chinese Taipei versus South Africa, who is host country for this tournament um, of the IHF World Championship Division Three Group A. And Brody Hishao has played amazing so far. He backstopped the Chinese Taipei team to, I believe it was a... 
Well, he when they got up high enough, I think it was nine to one when they finally pulled Brody Shao, because um, obviously at that point Ch- Chinese Taipei was going to beat Thailand, um, and they put in the other goalie, but. He's right now backstopping them against South Africa. And at the first intermission, it's 0-0. He's made 10 saves so far. So I put it in the group chat, gave it a watch. Watch Brody Shao, the ex-Rock Springs prospector, uh, backstop Chinese Taipei in the World Championships in South Africa. Um, also want to give a quick shout-out for brand-new news today with the, speaking of Rock Springs, the NCDC Rock Springs Grizzlies are the newest team in the NCDC. It's been officially announced now. I've seen this pop up on all these websites. Um, I won't go into too much talk about maybe what happened in Northern Colorado, but it just seemed like uh, when the Null moved in, uh, that kind of left them in an interesting spot. Um, but we'll say congratulations to the Rock Springs Grizzlies and their introduction to the usphl ncdc and going to be excited to see them hit the ice next year but um that's a little two little tidbits i wanted to drop since it's going to be a fresh drop today i'm not editing it so um yeah just a quick fresh drop now yeah nhl stuff any of any other interjections you were asking about yeah yeah anybody else like i know i talk my face off when it comes to this boys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um highly opinionated you. as you can tell uh but <laughs> like i said i was no, like never. so pumped up about shesterkin like that was one of my if he's if he's playing like that with that team oh, god they're scary so i'm excited like it is anything that can happen i'll just interject right there and i'm it's exciting to watch right now i don't know what to expect when i'm watching highlights in the morning um i really try to stay off social media unfortunately this morning i saw two results before i got to see the highlights so i was kind of pissed uh but it was the same way with the usphl where i try to stay off the social media before i watch games because i'd rather just one and not know you know happen when i'm watching the games it just makes it more exciting for me you know so um yeah that said uh tino sam um nhl thoughts or other hockey thoughts I'll let the uh, let the um, guests go. <laughs> yeah, no, pop, yeah, nothing right now. I, mean, <laughs> I usually I I usually just touch on whatever you guys talk about. <laughs> so there we go. I'm surprised Steve hasn't asked more goalie questions because he's been dying to get you on ever since, like I said, ever since the beginning of the season and right out the gate, the the little green bag joke started. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> And, well, his, uh, highlights, his highlights and his work speak for themselves, yeah, right? Because, they do. you know, because it's it's not like I watched him make, and, and Chris and, and Sam, we didn't watch him just make, you know, like we said, one or two good saves. We watched him make some extraordinarily – every week we were, we were seeing another a Tarantino save coming on out, and we're like, God, man, I want to say he was the point. only goalie that made the I, I think he may have been the only goalie that made the um, uh, standout list every month. I think he might have been one of the only players that made the standout list every month. I'd yeah. actually have to go back and look at those stats, but I don't want to. Um, and that's why, you know, again, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that, why I'm crapping on people for not, you know, you know, again, if they're looking at if somebody's looking at a piece of paper with your with your stats and they're more focused on size, like pull your heads out of your ass, watch them play. That's the biggest thing is watch them play. 
We have and, a highlight video for him on TikTok. You guys can check that out and on Instagram. Yeah. Steve, you seen that one yet or no? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. So you you always it's like there's so much that come through. I'll throw loves up on them as I'm watching them. But that's my biggest thing. Like I said, is it's the consistency in your game. Like you know, you're not just a you know one solid game and then struggling to find the next one. You're it's the consistency, and that's why again I can't you know I'm at a loss for words as to teams not trying to wrap you up right away. So hopefully you know this generates some you know some interest. People can see this. And, you know, watch your highlight videos like, you know, if you don't mind, Chris, share it again if you can after this podcast so people mm-hmm. can go take a look at his highlights. Because, again, man, your edge work is really good and you're still doing what every goalie needs to do. You're looking at your game and you're you're trying to improve on it, not just saying, hey, I, I pretty much got this wrapped up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I'm now good. <laughs> you know, here I go. Right. So, you know, so just. You know, in my opinion, keep looking at things, keep talking to those, the, the goaltenders and watching them that are, you know, that aren't, you know, as, as tall, look at what they're doing. And it's the best way to improve your game, right? It's the, it's the way that's yeah. going to put you above and beyond. So, yeah. Um, so that's like, so like I said, Chris, sorry that I didn't have more for him, but it, what else am I going to say? Like, <laughs> other than. A lot of your saves amazed the piss out of me this year, right? And I was losing my mind and not being able to get words out sometimes watching you push across, especially when this <laughs> ad live. I was like, oh, talk about talk about perfect timing to have that up and recording, right? Yeah, yeah, I, that was that was pretty cool. You caught that. Yeah, it was I was standing back there, I think, with a uh, ETA from Rogue Valley. So me and ETA were, were chatting away, and all of a sudden you did. So when everyone hears that video and they hear all of us respond, that was me, ETA, and I want to say, I don't know if it was Frick. Someone else was right there, and I don't know if it was Frick. I don't think it was a goalie. Frank, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know. It was a, I don't think it was a goalie. It was, a, it was another Rogue Valley Royal. It wasn't Malat because he's a big kid. He'd stand out. Um, I don't know who else was standing there with me and ETA, but we all Edstrom? just. Edstrom, maybe? I don't think I don't know if it was a goalie. I don't think it was Caden. Uh, um, um, I'm not sure who it, it might have been because us goalies tend to stick together, and that's usually where you find goalies is behind the net. <laughs> you know, it's like if we're not on the ice, we're usually standing behind the net to see what the other goalie's doing. And uh, and that's what the impressive thing about you, Tino, was all that save did, and me being able to catch that save was be able to show how you actually move on the ice and. Again, we we catch the highlight videos. We don't. I don't show the stuff that excites scouts. I show the things that excites fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about that with different players because I think it was. Um, oh, there's some players out there where the things they do, like I would say, like Ulette from the Utah Outliers is a good example. That he really, really amazing hockey player. Um, he doesn't make a lot of sexy plays. He does the right plays. The stuff that when a scout's watching, a scout's like. Okay, um, I'd be stunned if he's not with the outliers in the NCDC next year. I think he's in 03. Um, but he's the stuff that excites scouts, not necessarily fans. And I would say that's the same thing about um, a lot of you goalies out there like you and, and guys like Blackburn um, and such as I could list a bunch of you guys. Caden Enstrom, again, we mentioned Caden Enstrom. Like, guys are in position. And so – you don't make those big sexy saves a lot of times because you're kind of already there. So it's a boring, I guess, Ryan Miller-esque save because um, Ryan Miller was rarely out of position. 
he didn't have to make the big sexy save um, because he was already there. And again, it doesn't excite fans, but scouts notice it. And um, like for all those out there that might have, because I've definitely been hit up with different stuff from a bunch of you guys out there. And I just say the same thing. I don't have in stat like some of you guys do. So if you're a team that has in stat, because that's that's expensive. Um, yeah. Look, look at look at his footage. And, and I really think I mean, that's I think in stats even more critical, more with not goalies. I think with every other position, because you can watch each shift with with goalies, you just kind of have to watch the game. You have to watch. Yeah. What's happening when because that's that's what that's what you're going to see. A goalie is he reading the play right? Is he, you know, um, because I know some of the some of you guys got lit up this year too, um, and the not give up factor. And I think that's where for anyone listening that's playing on a team that maybe isn't as good, um, that if your team's getting lit up, um, the scouts are still going to see, especially as a goalie. And honestly, even not goalies, if you're out there and you're playing a piss poor game in front of your goalie because you're being blown out 14 to one, scouts are going to notice that. Um, it's, they're going to see how you're responding in games that just are over really for all intents and purposes, the game's over. So how are you responding as a goalie? How are you responding a defender? And I tell you some of these games where the goalie is getting lit up and I know you've seen, um, I don't think you guys really got lit up at all this year, Tino, you really kept your team in every single game. Um, but you were definitely on the winning side of some games where the other goalie was getting just peppered. Yeah. And, sometimes there was one game in particular it was vernal um and uh you know what i'll just call it out as i it is it, it was vernal and rogue valley during that uh since sam's on this thing too where it was not the it wasn't the playoffs it was right before the playoffs and i think i said it on the podcast the team in front of edstrom gave up it was so yeah evident you can that they you could tell yeah. and it was it was i I usually keep games on for the most part, even if blowouts. But when I see a team that was just Rogue Valley was at that point of the game playing with zero heart and it was evident. And I'm like, well, if they don't care, I shouldn't either. And I turned off the TV and I left. <laughs> I was like, I was angry yeah. at Rogue Valley's performance there. Cause I'm like, yeah, you guys, if he has to be a net, um, taking this crap on. Cause I've been in those games where my team just has given up and, I have reamed my team afterwards. Like you are, you're pretty pissed. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no, you guys just late in the fourth or fifth opportunities. Just come in, like it, try to clear the puck, make it, make a play um, yeah, or find yeah. a new sport. <laughs> you know? And that was in that game was, uh, I think that was the first time I got to speak with Caden in person. Cause I went up to him after the game and I, I just patted him saying good job. And like, he really battled. And even after our playoff series, um, he contacted me through Instagram and we were going back and forth, too. So I think, you know, I, I think in the playoff series, he stood on his head. I think he game did. one, game one, halfway through the second period, it was one nothing us. And I couldn't believe it. We had like 40 shots at that point. So like he really like he really keeps them. He really keeps them in the games. And he really battles hard. And, you know, I, I, I think I think that's all it takes. You know, if if you're if that's or if you're on a team where, you know, that's starting to become the story of a game where you're down five or six goals. 
you know, like play play for your goalie at least, because yeah, you, you, we we always hear players kind of worried about how many points they have, and you know they want to be a point per game, but you know goalies care about their stats too, and you know stats aren't usually like sometimes stats don't tell you how good a player is, but it could be a confidence boost. I think I think I could speak for most goalies where if they have a good save percentage, that's just more confidence for them going into the season or you know what I mean? So at least, at least play for your goalie in that situation. Yeah. yeah I so think that's there, important. So yeah, but going back to this back, remember that rant the boys from a couple weeks ago about the uh, sharks giving up on that overtime goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> like, you see, Sam's going to remember, but uh, Tino, if you didn't see that game, Oh, is I livid? And I'm, like I said, I'm not a Sharks fan. I'm a hockey fan. And two of their vets or three of their vets were out on the ice. Uh, team takes over possession of the puck. They go down. It was against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I think it was Goudreau and Laine coming across. And they passed the puck back and forth, going like like two miles an hour. And nobody's coming miles. back. And then the goal, the attendee makes the save. Puck comes back around. And... If they had just back-checked, they've got another opportunity to go up ice, but the puck goes in. And I, the announcer, like the behind-the-scenes, you know, guy for the intermissions was losing his mind. I was – I'm still cursing it up because I was so <laughs> pissed off. I'm like, your attendee stopped a 2-on-0 against two really damn good players in the league, and you gave up. Like, if I was yeah. him, I would have walked in that locker room and just laid into those guys, you know. So, um Yeah. That was a beautiful little rant. <laughs> but sharks, sharks, sharks are also in the hunt for Bedard right now, so that that could be a driving factor. So. <laughs> yeah, but what a killer if the Ducks get him, though, right? Like, how oh, you guys feel if you see him if you see him lacing lacing on up with the Ducks? He'll become oh, he'll boy. go from the number one hope to the number one hated man. <laughs> really quick, back to uh, back to Rogue Valley for a second, like. I do think that, you know, I, I appreciate you talking about Edstrom because I definitely felt like both um, my co-broadcaster, Kyle, and I, we definitely noticed throughout the season how how he kind of just like, I mean, don't get me wrong, ETA is also a great goalie, but I just felt like Edstrom was always somebody who, no matter what the score was, he was always trying and he was always in the right position. And it was just a pleasure to watch him play, you know, even when you know, a number of those games did turn into blowouts, of course, but like, you know, it was just, it was just fun to watch, watch certain guys, you know, continue to play every shift and, and put in that effort. And so to hear, to hear that that was happening, you know, in a a blowout game where the effort wasn't quite there, it's like, it's a little disappointing to hear, but it's, it's not entirely surprising to say the least, but, you know, it's just, it's just something that I think, when you were talking about your own game earlier that, you know, every single opportunity, every single shift is an opportunity to, to make a play, to produce a highlight, to, to get your name out there for these college teams and other teams that are looking to, to pick you up. So I don't know. It just feels, it does feel kind of silly to, to hear, you know, when teams aren't trying as hard as they should be, it's like, yeah. It's like, why not? You know, you've, you've got these opportunities. Just 
just try just make it happen especially especially when you know what rogue valley is capable of and i think that's when i get frustrated with teams as you know i've watched these teams all year long i've watched every team in the west's every game like i watched every game so i know what rogue valley is capable of so when i saw them like it was clear at that point that bernal was just going to win the game but it, it could have been a much closer game. There could have been more effort. And when you've watched a team like Rogue Valley in this in this particular instance all year, because I've seen every team basically have a give up game at some point this year. It just it's going to happen to every team. Um, and as a Sabres fan, I'm used to seeing it. Um, we we had a lot of give up games to where they just they didn't play and they they half ass defense leaving guys out there. Especially when I see a goalie left out to hang. Like <clears throat> I know we had um. Well, whatever game we left Comrie in for, like, uh, just an obliteration. Like, it was just, was it was so bad. Game? Yeah, it was, and that's the thing, is it wasn't Comrie. Comrie played a good game. It was the defense of Buffalo's defense was just, lackluster would be a nice word. They they sucked. They were leaving some high, high probability chances. Comrie had no chance. And when you see that, you're like, oh, I'm not going to watch. And that's kind of what I saw out of Rogue Valley. And I think those that Rogue Valley game was about the damn near the same time as that Eric Comrie 10-4 blowout. Um, and I lay zero of the uh, of the blame on Comrie for that game. That was just uh, a game like that is where, okay, if you're, gonna, if you're not going to – that's a team that doesn't make the playoffs. A team that gives up like that doesn't make the playoffs. And Buffalo proved it. Now, we missed by one point. We could have gotten in. But when you have games like that – you're not a team that's going to be able to make the playoffs. You can't give up on a game like that. And then, and that's kind of what I saw out of Rogue Valley that game was they gave up and it was evident. And especially as a goalie, we, me and Steve have gone on so many goalie rants on this podcast at this point. It's, I know, I know some of you actually love it. So I do appreciate the comments, but um, we, we get really pissed when we see goalies left to hang out to dry. And, and I know Steve's favorite thing is when um, you send a defender on top of the goalie. That's his favorite. Oh, thing that's my favorite thing. And especially when they st- stand over top of you with like this big smile on their face, like they did something great. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, your <laughs> knee is bent behind the back of your head. Uh, you know, you're pretzeled yeah. on the ice and everything's dislocated and, and they're, they're grinning at you. Yeah. I, I love that. See, this is why I was, I'm glad I was never a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best it is the best position in all of sports I, I i don't care what sport i play i'd be a goalie put me in soccer i'd be a goalie i uh it's it's in my blood but um it's probably a good place to wrap this up as well boys we can drop this podcast tonight so you listeners if you're still listening you're welcome um but no we do like uh we we do like the feedback we do like the um the back and forth and uh it's been great talking to you, Tino, and uh, and we appreciate you for jumping on again for this episode. Yeah, thank you so much. I had a lot of fun, and I'd definitely be down to do this again some other time. So appreciate you guys a lot. Well, definitely, no, we, Tino, we're going to want your comments as the playoffs go deeper, both, both attendees. So uh, keep, for sure, keep watching. Yeah, I'm, always, I'm always watching the attendees, so any <laughs> input, uh, I'll be able to give you my input for sure. <laughs> We got to have him back. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll keep everyone in the rotation. So um, uh, a lot of you out there that like jumping back on, I'll keep you guys in the rotation. We we just like bringing you guys on. Like the first episode's all about you. So we've had that episode, Tino, that you listeners, again, will get to listen to on Sunday. We'll probably drop it on Sunday, whatever that day is, the 23rd, 24th. Um, 
But, uh, you know, every episode after that, like this recording, um, is just hockey. You know, we're just going to talk hockey, talk goalie stuff. You get Steve started on goalie pads. Uh, that's that's a good three-hour conversation off of a podcast. And then, so. and then the Star Wars topic, we'll, we'll get another episode <laughs> for that. And <laughs> we'll just Star build Wars off it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ne- we, I'm we, never we short of words, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we podcast, because we like talking. Um, but uh, that said, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Um, let me find my outro. I'm not editing this, listeners, so you get to hear me find it here. But we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on TikTok, on uh, what is it, Twitter, and um, Instagram. Yeah, all of those guys. And uh, and give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your feedback. We love all of that. Uh, but this is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris, Steve, and Sam. Have a great one, hockey fans. Have a nice day, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.